Hey, how was the outside world? I was okay. Um, I went to a little recreation ground to practice my waltzing. Yeah? One, two, three, one, two, three, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are getting really good at that. I've yeah. noticed, you know, you've been practicing yeah. a lot. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, but uh, I couldn't help noticing all these uh, people in fancy gowns with lace fans heading onto the green. Oh, I guess you were just in the wrong ballpark. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we do, we, we're wifey types. We, we, do, we talk about media we've consumed in the week. Yeah. And do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a silly catch up with each other. How are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean. I'm definitely a sleepy little bean. and... You can tell Autumn's hit us real hard, because I had the daylight lamp on today. Yep, I had a little five minute nap before we recorded this tonight, because apparently the summer's gone and my energy's like, goodbye! Goodbye, sun! Yeah! <laughs> it's time to sleep and eat soup. Well, at moments other than this, we've been playing things this we week. Have. What, what we have, managed been, to muster the energy yeah, to play what, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I played through all of Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah, you have? How'd, yeah. you, how'd you find it? Uh, it's... More Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, plot's fine, I guess. There's a big house, there's ghosts in it, Luigi's gotta save the day. Gotta save the day. I, it's, it's a Luigi's Mansion plot. It is, it is what Mansion. it is. Um, it, it feels like more of the same, which I guess is what I wanted, because I played the first one many, many years ago, yeah. in the time it took the person who'd bought a copy to drop it off at our place, planning to come back on the way home from work and we were like hey can we play it while you're at work <sighs> and they literally walked back through the door as we were seeing the Th- end credits roll there's definitely more game in this one yeah i'd say this probably took about like 14 hours yeah as opposed so- to the like i know three to four hours you can do the first one yeah <laughs> yeah um it feels like it, it does need a little bit more ghost variation yeah. like in the base ghosts because there's like basically three there's the blue ones the yellow ones the big red ones yeah and the little um pink ones yeah and I that's suppose. kind of it like sometimes the blue ones will have different costumes on and stuff like that but yeah basically that that is it and it yeah. maybe a little bit more variation there obviously there's more in like the the bosses yeah those are kind of interesting and um Having now 100%ed everything else in the main game, went and had a look at... We, we, we played a bit of Scare Park and Scare Scraper or whatever Yeah, so these are the two multiplayer modes. Uh, Scare, Scare Scraper yeah. is the co-op time limit, do, do these things on a time limit, run around a randomised layout. Yes. That definitely feels balanced for four players and like it doesn't really scale to two players very yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Like, we played... For like two hours, and only got off of the first level once. Yes, and that felt mostly by luck. Yeah, it's it really is incredibly tight if you don't have four players. Yeah, and I like the general concept, but it needs to scale better, or at least have options for. I'm having fun with this, but I need like just just like ten percent longer. Mm. Um. But the other mode was uh, a series of like little uh, one-on-one mini-game type mm. modes. Um, 
None of them are particularly in depth, but they're quick little things to play around with. Yeah, it was it was all right to play with, and and some of them sort of uh, certainly the the one with the rubber rings really was basically like what if uh, that boss fight from the game, but it's two players against each other instead. Yeah, you're on little rubber rings, you're using your vacuums to set yourselves in directions, you're trying to avoid spikes that'll pop your balloon and collect a bunch of coins. There's one that's you're in a graveyard just trying to like catch the most ghosts in a short time limit. And what was the other one? Oh, it's load cannonballs into a cannon and, and fire, fire them. them at targets. Yeah. Again, like none of these really felt particularly scaled for two players. No, uh, particularly the cannonball one, like, felt very, very much like you were supposed to have multiple players and it didn't really change the design for two. Yeah, it, it didn't seem terribly well scaled. Like, I, I know they're like, oh, you can play up to to, to 16 because you can have, like, eight Luigis and eight Guigis and, and stuff uh, on that sort of uh, player versus player or team versus team mode. And, yeah, it definitely isn't designed for the for the lower end, really. Uh, the multiplayer was, like, not a bad time, but it wasn't scaled yeah. for two-player, and, like, it wasn't anything amazing. Yeah, like, um, I think so I would have really got into Scarescraper if it had been, like, better yeah. done for for that many levels. Because the, the idea of just, like, randomly creating those rooms yeah. that link together, like, even... Just a little bit more time, or or slightly less ghosts. Yeah, either either way, I would have really enjoyed that. I think, yeah. or or even like put them in less rooms. Yeah, because especially when you've got like a a, a large map layout, and then it's yes. like you've got sixty ghosts to get through. It's like okay, I'll do my best. Um, mm. so, yeah, I didn't really feel like we got the most of that, and especially when the whole like uh, rare ghosts. Like, they only yeah. appear when you're playing Scarescraper in 10 levels or above. And it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to bother with those. But I have 100%ed everything else. I got all the gems. Yeah. Did everything else. I didn't get an S rank because I couldn't be asked. I basically felt like the game generally, quite simple, quite good, quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Suitable for, you know, like a younger audience. <laughs> and then those last two bosses are like, fuck you. Yeah, it does ramp up quite steeply. And it's not even like you can grind to improve anything. You can't get nope. any of the power-ups that you get you from Scarescraper. Just, just, just get good. Just get good. Um, I, I, I remember Luigi's Mansion 3 very fondly, mainly because uh, I remember the animations being gorgeous oh, yeah. uh, in terms of like the lovely textures, exaggerated facial expressions, the textures and stuff. And yeah, I, I came away from it being like, I experienced something very creative that had a lot of ideas to throw around mm. and had a good time with it. I also hoovered the entire desert. Same, <laughs> same, same. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? What have you played? Um, I've not played a huge amount this week, but I played a couple of small things. Um, Did you play all the small things? Uh, I mean, I played some of the small things. Okay. Um... Uh, let's let's get this one out of the way nice and quick, because this is a fairly simple one. I played through the Teal Mask DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Ooh. Um, this is the first of two DLCs for the game that have come out. Mm -hmm. Um, it is set in a new area that's sort of loosely based on Japan. It's a new map. Um, there's like a hundred-ish Pokemon that either weren't available in Scarlet and Violet yet from past generations... And a handful of new ones that makes up to about a hundred. Not a huge number of new Pokemon, but there's some really interesting ones in there. 
the game the DLC's been out for a week, so I don't feel too bad about like lightly talking about some of these. Uh there's a new form of Ursula Luna, which is a it is a special attacker rather than a normal attacker, and it has a special ability where normal type attacks can hit ghost Pokemon they're attacking. Okay. And that does some weird, interesting things for competitive options. Um I very much like the Toffee Apple Pokemon. Um and when you get a shiny, uh, not only does the sort of like color of the the toffee on the toffee apple change, but the attack it has where it spits toffee at the enemy, the attack changes color as well on the shiny. Yay! And I thought that was quite fun. Um, it's not the lengthiest thing in the world, but it's like I think back to the first DLC for Sword and Shield. Uh, this feels longer and more contentful uh, than that did. Um, I. I'm not going to dig into the narrative that much, but I think they did some really neat stuff with um, making it seem like you... Re- very early on, I thought I had a very solid handle on who characters were and what their motivations were and what was going on with them. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of thrown on its head in ways that I thought were really neat and then inverted expectations in ways that set up DLC to... To be kind of interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was a nice excuse to go back and play more Pokemon. And uh, there's a batch of Pokemon that I didn't have shiny from past generations that are now shiny huntable in there. So I'm going to be playing this for a while. Mm. What about you? Are you playing anything else this week? I uh, played some Final Girl because I had uh, a couple of uh, afternoons on my own to sit yeah. down and like, get some board games out. This and is what that, better than a. Sing- single player horror movie uh, movie one. Indeed, what better than a, a solo game designed to be a solo game as opposed to me playing two and three handers of Pandemic, which is <laughs> something that I'm not adverse to. It's a good fun game and you can very much play it on your own, but it's not fun. But yeah, Final Girl it's a specifically designed um, solo experience and you have uh, like a there's some, some card drafting there's hand management, not quite deck building because you you never really keep a deck very long. At most, you can have like ten cards in your hand, and they will be things like um, lower the threat level, giving you more dice. Um, you can randomly throw uh, cards away to get extra time, and you are trying to rescue victims from various locations and uh, deal with the killer. And the game ends one way or another. Either the final girl dies or the killer dies. And, um, yeah, it's, I think we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, I played through, uh, a bunch of season two stuff mm. on my own. Then we played through most of season, I think we actually played through all of season two together. I think so. Yeah. Uh, or just about at least. I'm pretty sure we, we got, at least got through everything because we started on, oh, we might not have played the, the alien one. Uh, we did the alien one, but I feel like we did one... the alien level. But we, I think we did it with the um, the zombies instead of the actual alien. Possibly, it might be that. Because I we knew did... there was something we I did... hadn't done. Yeah, we did the vignette, but I don't think we did the actual alien killer. Yeah. But the good, the the, the whole thing about the final girl modular system is you get a feature film which has a killer, two final girls, and a location. And if you ha- happen to own multiple feature film boxes. You can put any killer in any location, mm. uh, including the vignette, which never comes with a location. It's just like an extra little card yeah. box that you can 
do and it's um sort of compact thing um yes very i paid through um storybook woods as the location against the big bad wolf which is the killer that comes in that box set uh, I think that one's called Once Upon a Full Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played as Gretel, which is one of the final girls that we hadn't unlocked the uh, secret envelope for yet. Because there's a whole thing of, in each box, underneath the um, packaging, there is a little red envelope that you open when uh, a particular final girl has basically survived uh, a, any ca- uh, or any um, story or any mm. scenario. And, um, yeah, it's just like a nice little bonus thing, uh, an extra item that you can throw in in future games with that final girl. But beyond that, I will not spoil any of those, the contents of those envelopes. But yeah, it's been fun to play through that. It was interesting playing through that storybook woods because I, th- we only played through it together. Mm. And that time I feel like it played very differently. Yeah. Like I feel like we spent most of the game with it in hunting mode. Mm. It didn't actually kill anyone. Nothing really came up. And in this one, I had almost immediately, I flipped over my first terror card and it was like, okay, increase the bloodlust twice, which immediately Ooh. turns it from hunt mode into kill mode. So it was immediately just like running around attacking. And there are like, by default, there's quite a lot of victims on that map anyway. There's less, it's like, it's one of the, um, more concise areas like mm. it looks like there's a lot going on but really like especially once the killer's bloodlust has got higher and its movement yes. speed has got big it's, it's very hard to put distance between you and the killer yeah because it can basically get to any position in like five movement and it has like eight movement by the top of its bloodlust so uh yeah and it's it's already got like a lot of health i got all three of its minor powers um so it had like even more health on top of it um, but I'm, I managed to basically take it out with a pitchfork, at, um, despite not rescuing that many of the victims. <laughs> uh, and the second, uh, story I played was, uh, the final girl was Nancy. I played against Dr. Fright on Maple Lane, which is basically Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. And the whole thing with that is, periodically, you'll, uh, you might be told to fall asleep, or if you do a thing, where, um, like, if, if you take the short rest action, you will just fall asleep. Which means you've got to deal with the fact that now the killer can get to you. The killer mm-hmm. can, the, if the, uh, killer doesn't attack, it can attack you from anywhere on the map because that's its power. And, like, you can attack it, but you still have to deal with getting into buildings and things. Mm. Because the Maple Lane scenario is the people who live here are, like, really wary of of outsiders so they won't just let you in their houses to do searching or whatever you might want to do you have to deal with the fact that they're you're gonna have to use special cards to try and convince people to let you in their houses even when you're asleep because the sleep mechanic is from the killer and the location is (laughs) the getting into people's houses which might make no sense but it's the, the virtue of uh, being able to mix those two up. Um, but yeah, it was, um, I rescued like one person throughout the whole mission <laughs> because I kept being put back to sleep by terror cards. <laughs> I was like, it's finally time for me to start powering up and, and getting some things and, and maybe even flip my final. Go- no, okay, nope. I guess I'm asleep again. I need another nap. 
there is a, a fascinating mechanic where you have these four boiler room cards and you have to slide them like up, down, left or right in a way that reveals at least part of the card. The four cards each have a, in one corner the face of, of um, Dr. Fright, the killer. Mm. And if you reveal when you're doing the slide that part of the a uh, part of the card that has his face on it, then you automatically take damage. Mm. Like s- straight away, that's it. Just you, you're going to get an damage. So you can work out the fact that the each posi- he only appears in each position once. So like, okay, well I got tacked like bottom left. So the chances are if I slide up, it's gonna it's probably not going to be bottom right. Like there's only a thirty three percent chance. And then you're starting to sort of play that that game of like, okay, well, I got at least one wrong, or I've got done okay so far. What's the best way to slide this that mm, suits the rules of the directions I can push it, and so forth? But yeah, it was a really fun experience, even though I didn't get to rescue anyone. I did absolutely fuck that um, legally distinct Freddy Krueger quite successfully. Uh, I think that one was just with a pocket knife. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good fun experience, and uh, yeah, I am I'm looking forward to playing it more Final Girl and mixing and matching and so forth. Uh, what about you? You play anything else? I've been playing F Zero Ninety Nine. Yeah, it's a battle royale, but it's SNES F Zero. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo continues to be the the primary innovator in what's a genre that's no one's making a battle royale. Let's make it a battle royale. Um, so this is the Super Nintendo F-Zero, but 99 races on a track. Um, and it's a, it's an interesting game. I've been trying to wrap my head around how I feel about it, because I'm enjoying it quite a lot. But it was a bit overwhelming at first, because, like, the gist is, initially when you hear that pitch, you're like, cool, it's a racetrack, be first. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that. Right. Because, like, F-Zero has this whole mechanic where your boost meter is also your health. And you can boost, but if you get knocked into walls, that's going to take away from that same meter. Boosting mm-hmm. inherently makes you more likely to explode. And as a result, because there's 99 people on the track, you are getting bounced around a lot. Yeah. And there is a real risk-reward that's not nearly as present in the original F-Zero of having to really like calculate when you are safe to to boost and when you need to be just like pulling back and being cautious and just surviving the the bumper cars chaos that is mm. uh, multiple cars. Uh, it's a, obviously a little, a little riskier when you are in the thick of it with other cars, but the way they, they balance that is uh, bumping into other cars and you can do a sort of spin move to, uh, to sort of do some extra uh, bounce here. We'll get you these, uh, fill up this little meter for you that when it's full, you can just go to a track in the sky where you're not going to bash into anyone and you can just sort of fly and take some shortcuts over the track for a bit. Um, and this is sort of designed to be your, like, catch-up mechanic so that, like, mm. whoever gets into first place off the starting line isn't just first place the whole time. Yeah. It's your... The further back you are, the more people are bumping into each other, dropping these little orbs, the faster you can get that meter up, the faster you can regain ground. Mm. Um, every lap... Uh, this is, it's got an equivalent of something a bit like Fortnite's, like, shrinking storm, where you've got to get closer and closer to, to the centre to keep it alive. Mm. Every lap, 
you've got to finish in a higher position to be able to continue to the next lap. So, uh, I think I think it's 80, uh, 80, 70, 60 or something like that, where it's like, you've got to get like five or so positions further ahead before the end of the next lap, uh, away from the, the back. So it's not that hard to finish a round of um, F099. Like, you don't have to be first place. If you're in, like, the top 70 or 80 people, you will complete the race and get, like, hey, you you won, you survived to the end, have some sort of rank-up points and some rewards. Um, but they also do something really nice to get over that Battle Royale thing of, if I'm not coming first, I, I didn't achieve anything. Mm. On every race... There are four randomly selected other players who are your rivals. <laughs> and at the end of the race, if you did better than them, either you finished the final finish line uh, in a higher position than them, or just avoided exploding for longer than them, yeah. uh, you get specific like rank-up points because you beat your rivals. So it's like, hey, coming first place, that's your like ultimate thing you're trying to go for, but really... If you if you beat the rivals, like maybe you came twenty fifth, but you beat all four of your rivals, mm. you are going to get probably more points for that than if you came like third place, um, but like hadn't beat like first and second room for with your rivals. Mm. So it like it gives you something to aim for that isn't the very front of the pack mm -hmm. to feel like you achieved, while giving you options to like catch up and shortcut back up if you're a bit further behind. Mm. It does lots of little things that reinforce. Uh, how it all... It, it feels nice and rewarding. Um, as you play, you unlock these little tickets that you can use to do slightly more elaborate uh, Grand Prix races. Um, basically, every X amount of time you've been playing like the, the main mode, you can go and do some, like, here's three or five tracks, maybe back-to-back. -back. Um, and again, even if you don't come first place, it'll be like, okay, to get through that first race, by the end of the final lap, you've got to be in the top 80. Okay, mm. the next race, uh, those 80 move forward. You've got to be in the top 60 at the end of this race. Okay. Um, and, like, you just have to not be in the last 20 to move on to the next bit of the Grand Prix. And, like, that's a fun little mode. Yeah. There's things like uh, they'll sometimes just split all 100 of you into two groups. And they'll be, like, 50 versus 50. At the end, we tally up all of your positions and see which team of 50 collectively got better scores. Um it's it's silly, it's chaotic fun. It were it plays way better than I expected it to for something so high speed with so many moving characters. Mm. Um but yeah, it's a fun little gimmicky thing that I don't know how long I'll keep playing it for, but I'm really enjoying it at the moment. Yeah. What about you? Have you played anything else this week? Um that's pretty much it, really. Um let's Been see. Busy otherwise. Yeah, I've not played much else, but let me just double check. You played some Trombone Champ. I played a little bit of Trombone Champ, because that game got ported to the Switch, and we've talked about Trombone Champ before. It's a uh, silly and hard to control game about playing the trombone, and uh, it's definitely just about playing the trombone and definitely not a weird front for some surrealist Dark Souls-esque nonsense going on be below the hood. Um Trombone Champ on Switch has uh, I haven't had a chance to try this yet, but there's four-player multiplayer, um, which seems like it would be... Is that like couch co-op? or uh, Couch. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's online as well, but I know it's couch co-op. All of you playing the same song at the same time, and that seems like Ugh. a beautiful cacophony waiting to happen. Um, but the main thing that I wanted to check it out for was there's some new control schemes, and they are just as fiddly to control as uh, the base game, because of course they are. 
You've got motion controls, uh, either tilt or move the controller back and forth to mm-hmm. do your trombone. Or in my opinion, the more interesting one, finally a game that uses the IR camera on the right Joy-Con. Yeah. You can move your hand back and forth as if you're like moving the trombone uh. up and down uh, to control your pitch. Both, both that and the motion controls are equally overly precise to make you sound bad in the way that that game do. Excellent. But I'm so glad to see a game go, oh yeah, that IR camera's a thing we can play with. I'm glad, because that didn't get it's, used for anything apart from It's one, two, switch, Labo, and then this. One, and two, switch, Labo, this. Um, so I'm I so, still haven't played one, two, this switch. Is, so. This is the only third-party game I can think of that's ever used it. In all the Switch's <laughs> life, has anything else used the fucking HD rumble? Things have used it, probably. Because the only thing I remember about the HD Rumble was, again, 1-2-Switch, was the whole, like, how many cubes are in... How many ice I cubes are in the glass? Them, I think one of the Mario Party minigames was, like, can you feel how many marbles are rolling around in a thing or something? Maybe. Might be something like that. Um, but yeah, Trombone Champ, that's on Switch now. Um, I think that's about it for me on Things I've Played. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. <laughs> yes, do come in. Do come in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, yes, come in. Look at my perfectly normal hallway. Enjoy my perfectly normal coffee table and mm, definitely a telephone. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. mm, yeah. It's it's a lovely and perfectly normal hallway, isn't it? Anyway, come through to the lounge. Okay, so this is all cake, right? What what? I mean, it's it's clearly sticky and a little uneven. No, it's it's it's, it's ultra realistic and, and entirely no, possible. None of none of this. The light's not hitting it like real objects. I mean, it's impressive you made this much cake, but but it's all all. Well, um, why don't you come through to the lounge? Come through to the, the lounge. Okay, okay. Have, have, have a seat. <laughs> on on the cake. Well, have a sit oh, on the cake. Um, Is it structurally sound enough for me to sit on? Um, it's, uh, no, it's just a normal city. Come city down. Okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of hover because I really don't want to get my trousers too sticky. Oh, um, uh, how about a nice cup of tea? <laughs> the liquid's not even moving. It's what? It's, it's, it's moving. Have a nice sip of the definitely tea. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, you got me. It's yes, cake. it's cake. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> You'd never me. know, because I'm... my realistic cakes are so realistic. <laughs> you, I... <laughs> I really need to wash my hands. The texture's terrible. Do you have a Steam account? Yeah. Do you struggle to know what to play? Yeah. Have you, like, added a bunch of games from bundles and stuff, and maybe a few freebies that you've picked up from here and there across the internet, and, like... Now when you go and look at your Steam library, you're like completely overwhelmed because there's so many things in it and you don't really know what to play and then you end up playing nothing because you're so massively overwhelmed? Yeah. Take this personality quiz! It will connect to your Steam account and just move everything that you will absolutely never play into a hidden folder so that they don't overwhelm you when you're scrolling for things to play! Do it now. Thanks! It got rid of about 80% of my library. But now you'll play the things you got. I mean... So, what have you put in your eyes? It's not been a super heavy watched week for things I'm going to talk about, you know, support yeah. the WGA strike and the, uh, the SAG after strikes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I did watch the Nintendo Direct and State of Play that happened this week. Yes. Uh, on exactly the same day as each other. Gaming news galore. Busy, busy um, day. Yeah, usually in a week where there was a Nintendo Direct and a State of Play, you you wouldn't expect Microsoft to be the biggest source of news gaming-wise of the week. But <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah, Nintendo Direct was, was, was fun. Um, F-Zero 99 was in there and that was neat. Um... Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door remake is coming. It looks gorgeous. I really hope that uh, the English language version of that game uh, includes all of the uh, the honestly quite positive and fairly plot integral trans content that exists in every other language of the GameCube version and just not English. Mm. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, Princess uh, Princess Peach Showtime, I think it's called the. Yeah. Uh, which looks to be like a Mario 64-esque uh, go into the different worlds, but Princess Peach can like transform into different outfits to gain different abilities. That looks kind of fun. Yeah, and less wrong than Super Princess Peach. It, it looks less like my superpower is that I have girl emotions. <laughs> girl emotions. I know, right? Uh, there was a game that I remember nothing about other than it was called Unicorn Overload, uh, which is a great title for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, state of play considerably less. I remember the main thing was uh, that um, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is coming in like February, which is way sooner than I thought. Okay, and it seems to be covering a much larger portion of Final Fantasy VII than I'd expected. Yeah, I suppose after like leaving Midgard, things get a bit um, bit more expansive. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have like a hard stop for a while. Yeah. Um. So that looks looks gorgeous again. Continues to look like very pretty. Final Fantasy Seven. Um. The other thing I'll put here while I'm at it is I spent so much time today looking through all of the. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Microsoft accidentally uploaded a lot of um, internal documents about uh unredacted as well. Yes. So. This was part of like their, the them trying to acquire Activision Blizzard. They were supposed to upload some legal documents in redacted form to a website. They accidentally uploaded the unredacted versions, and now we know the next decade of uh, Microsoft's plans for Xbox, um, which has been... That whole Activision Blizzard King acquisition has been a fascinating insight into, like, the behind-the-scenes of video games that you don't usually get to see of, like, very candid conversations between CEOs. Yeah. It's been really interesting. Um, <laughs> There's one that keeps sticking in my head that was, um, I think it was Phil Spencer from Microsoft, uh, actively trying to, like, downplay, like, trying to argue that whether it is or not, Microsoft should refrain from referring to the Nintendo Switch as a console, because it uh, they don't want to have to answer awkward questions about why they bring their games to Switch, uh, but won't bring them to PlayStation, mm. and they didn't want to get, like, pressed on that, of, like, um, so they were like, ah, well, don't use the word console for Switch, pretend it's something distinct and different, and then we don't have to, uh, you know, justify we don't give PlayStation our games. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a lot of really wild conversations. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, in a week where there was a state of play and a Nintendo Direct, by far the juiciest information came out of someone at Xbox pressed the wrong button. Yep. 
Oops. So now we know about new consoles and yeah. a handheld. And yeah. Um, describing Baldur's Gate 3 is, what uh, is it? Oh, yeah. It, uh, not in positive terms, that's for sure. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be days before we dig through all of the best of this. Um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of YouTube breakdowns of some of the greatest hits. Phil Spencer really, 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 really thinks one day he's going to buy Nintendo. He's he's definitely playing the long game. You know, they're going to they're going to fail eventually. They're just going to deliberately refuse now. Yeah, it's probably not going to help relations. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's it's not a good look when you talk about um a hostile takeover. Not in terms of that would be an unethical thing for us to do, but in terms of it would be a bad PR move and a bad optics move for us to do a hostile takeover. But also, it's my greatest desire. Yeah, it is my greatest desire. It'd be the highlight of my career to just purchase Nintendo. Mm. Um, yeah, if you're curious to see like what executives talk like when no one's supposed to be looking fascinating deep dive yes it is yeah what about you what have you looked at this week uh i can't really talk about any of it because they won't pay their writers or their actors properly or their vfx yeah so yeah sadly it's not been a big watch thing like i've watched a lot of tiktok but you know it tiktok uh see you later the hell's bell series is is back uh after a summer break i am glad that a, a creator who seems to be as big as See You Later, is able to take some holiday every year. Yay. And still come back and have, like, do big numbers. Because I know algorithms generally for creators are just like, mm, you didn't upload in the same hour as you did last week. We're going to show five people and that's it. Fuck you. So I am I'm glad that some creators are managing to do... Uh, look after themselves in a sensible way rather than working themselves to death because i imagine it's really hard in a world where everybody wants to be a creator yeah and uh creating has got easier than ever i'm glad that people who are are dedicated to their craft are still able to take some time and and manage to put some things together yeah uh yeah but that that's basically it and and people reading um Reddit posts and memes and whatever else about like positive trans stuff. Yeah. That's been entertaining me. Um, the other thing I'll put, I guess, in the in the looked at uh, section is I learned how to repair a deal or no deal fruit machine this week. You did? Yeah. You I learned what all of those keys do. I learned basic fruit machine uh maintenance. Uh, maintenance. Um I was presented with a like a like a gambling slot machine in in a friend's basement uh, that just sort of existed and anytime you turned it on an alarm started blaring um, and there were multiple keys and it was unclear what did what but I, I worked out how to get the front off I worked out how to lift the, the front up I worked out where the buttons were uh, and how to the, 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 the baffling system of events you have to do with one of the keys where you've got to lean your whole body weight on a specific point and then slide a thing across while turning a key and then a thing opens up. Um, It's like a puzzle box. Indeed. And once I got inside, I was able to find out what the make and model of it was in order to then find a manual online. I'm slowly learning how, how, how do. So it was an interesting puzzle of there are keys. We don't know what they do. We don't know what anything inside it does. 
can you make it stop alarming and let me pl- play the, 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 the fruit machine? But also, these are skeleton keys used by technicians, and you can just buy them I online. I mean, that, that has been interesting to learn about, <laughs> the uh, the ease with which um, you could just purchase backup keys for certain machines and just open another one up. Um, the only other thing I looked at was a music video, and I'll probably put that in listened, I think. Okay. So, I think that's it. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have a body that requires fuel in the form of nourishment? I do. I really Mm. do. Mm. I have Mm. one of those human Mm. corporeal forms. Mm. Uh, Well, are you tired from capitalism? Oh, capitalism just, like, keeps happening. It just doesn't stop. So let me get this straight. You have the capitalism... Happening at you? I do, yeah. And <sighs> so you're exhausted from all that capitalism. Yeah, exhausted from all that capitalism. And and you have a need for fuels. I do. These are all true facts. What if those things were jammed together? Well, supereats.lol.net has the thing for you. They're not going to get fancy. They're not going to get like pre-portioned ingredients. They're not no, going to get no, no. weird and wonky things you've never tried. It's just food. That they will bring you. That's it. I'm tired from capitalism. They bring me food. I eat the food. They eat you the food. They bring I can food. understand that. Yeah. Well, that's supereats.lol.net. Enter the code QNPS278. I'm saying... Capitalize on being hungry. Capitalize on delivery food, maybe. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we, uh, we got those documents sent off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sent them, you know. Yep, yep. Those, uh, those, those highly classified documents oh, we, gotta, yeah. we gotta submit. Uh, yeah, when you... I talked about my, you know, plans for industry domination. Exactly, exactly. I know. I, the government needs to see the things, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you, yeah. You definitely sent the redacted version, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I hit the, the little button with the brackets and you, you, where you just type redacted in uppercase at the beginning of the, the subject line and it just redacts it all for you. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Yeah. Did you double check that it worked? Yeah, I, I did the brackets, the square brackets, not the curly ones, and the square brackets and type redacted in the subject well, line. Well, I mean, it, it, does, re- it does work in that, uh, that, that uh, messaging program, so, like, I, I guess that works. Yeah. Did, did you, like... I, I don't mean that I don't mean to pry. Did you definitely double check it? I definitely look here. It's in my sin items right there. It says, see, see, it's got the brackets redacted. It's that's it. Why are you scrolling? I, Stop scrolling. I, what? What? I, what? I, it's, it's all visible. But I type redacted. Is, is it? What? Yeah, but they can still read it though. But I, oh, um, yeah. How do I? return an email i think it's a bit late Maybe for we, that we did unsend right we did just like a recall no nope, people are downloading it already um uh-huh. can can we post oops april fools you'd be silly if you looked at it because that means we april fools to you i know september it's... seems like the perfect time and it's the time you'd least expect it right? exactly september fools you uh uh oh, oh okay okay um it's the biggest any, April Fool, therefore April, May, June, July, August, September. Fools. Any anyone who looks Ta-da. at it is a scrub. 
Anyone who right. looks at it is a scrub. Ah, yeah. Uh, or uh, it's like, um, if you help remove all copies of this from the internet, we'll give you a free skin for Call of Duty. Uh, what if and we... Some okay, gems. okay, what if we use AI to generate, like, 10,000 pages of fake ones of these and, right. like, flood them onto the page so that it's impossible to find the real stuff in the fake? Yeah, that's... That, that is... You, you're a genius. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. That'll well, be fine. Yeah, what well, can it take? Like, fine, five right? minutes? This is gonna be fine. This is gonna be fine. We yeah. definitely haven't leaked the next ten years of our plans to ruin this industry. It's fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Fine. It's, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Oh god, I've seen a stock. <sighs> I'm firing myself immediately with pay. Lots of pay and a severance bonus. It's fine. I'll hire you back with pay, and then we can say we fired you, but you're still there. It's fine. You are a fucking genius. I know. What have you put in your ears? Um, well, let's start with the music video thing that uh, I watched. Uh, so I recently talked about a track called Hi Ren by an artist called Ren. Yeah. Um, fantastic, if intense track. Um, I listened to slash watched the video for more music from Ren. Mm. And in particular, I watched a, I, I guess it's like, it's three songs strung together to make one overarching story okay. uh, called The Tale of Jenny and Screech. Um, and it is, again, fantastically performed, if a little uh, heavy in subject matter. Um, it is much like High Ren. It is all performed in like single takes. Like Each music video is a single take, three minute song done in one go, um, telling... The stories of three distinct characters, Jenny, Screech, and I'll leave the other one because that's sort of a surprise that sort of happens as you go, um, about one very terrible night where a mugging happens and someone dies, and the fallout of that event and what led to that event. And much like High Ren, where it's sort of this person having an argument with themselves and like aspects of themselves. Ren is fantastic as a performer at, like, on a dime, switching entire physicality and voice and presentation. Mm. And in this, he's playing multiple distinct characters and doing so very, very impressively. Um, There's some really good use of, like, use of the guitar as an instrument to do sound effects for things that are not a guitar. Okay. Um... There is some really good, um, simple direction of music video. The third of the three songs, uh, walks through a venue during the music video, and it's a venue that has drastically different acoustics as he's walking through it. And there is some incredibly smart use of, um, getting to an area with different acoustics just in time to really emphasize something and then move on. Mm. It's really impressive creative use of space. Um, it's a heck of a journey, and I continue to be, like, very impressed every time I dig into more of Ren's music. Like, very, very, very talented, like, storytelling songwriter. Mm. Uh, so that is a heck of a thing. What about you? Have you listened to anything this week? Uh, I finished my Magnus Archives re-listen. Ooh! All 200 episodes done. How are you feeling? 
Um, I, you know what? I think I enjoy that ending way more on repeat listens than I did the first time. Yeah. And I think there is something about it that plays way better, pacing-wise, if you are listening to the whole thing in one go. Mm. But if you are listening week to week, I, I, I can understand how I might have been a little bit disappointed at the time. Especially given that the week before that was the sort of like, we're going to slow down a little bit. Because we are mm. careening to the end and we really need to sort of like have some very human conversations before the um, yeah. cosmic horror goes large. Yeah. Um, but I think like it, as as like part of the whole, I think it w- works really well and I am excited for Magnus Protocol stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad I re-listened to it and um, we've only got until what, January I think is the public premiere of... The new season? Gosh, yeah, it's rapidly approaching. I think people who backed it are get, getting the premiere in uh, on Halloween, I believe. Ooh. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a good show, and if you haven't listened to it already, it's well worth it. Some good cosmic horror weirdness told in a slightly found audio kind of way that starts off as mostly just an anthology of horror and slowly turns into this big metadrama going on with all these different characters and uh, the the avatars of fear I think is probably the best way to describe it but yeah um yeah is it's such a good show and um now that I have got that out of my system I will go back to catching up on Dice Funk and um uh, uh welcome to Night Vale I'm I'm determined not to drop off of Night Vale again this time <laughs> Um, got through a bit more. Um, yeah, weirdly, podcast. My, um, again, my podcasts have gone all over the place again recently, and mm. I'm not sure what's happened. <laughs> like, I am so far behind on several things. Things I really enjoy. Life do that sometimes. Life do do sometimes. Um, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Uh, yeah, I listened to a couple of things I rattled through quickly. Oh, tell us. Funny, funny enough, you just mentioned the Magnus Archives. I went back and listened to an album uh, called Once Upon a Time in Space by The Mechanisms. Oh, that's the one with Johnny Sims. Yeah, Jonathan Sims is um, Johnny Sims is 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 the sort of narrator of this concept album about a fairy tale war in space. Um, it's a real eclectic mix of genres, but one that it keeps sort of circling back to is sort of like pirate shanty rock uh, vibes. Mm. I like that album a lot. I think it does a lot of strong stuff with storytelling. Every now and then I, I get an urge to go back and re-listen to it. Uh, other than that, I went to a rock night that happened at the weekend and listened to a bunch of classic, like, 2000s pop punk. Um, Hell yeah. Skater Boy, Avril Lavigne, uh, Na Na Na, My Chemical Romance. Excellent. Uh, the Anthem, Good Charlotte, American Idiot by Green Day, yeah. um, Dance Dance, Fall Out Boy. That vibe of stuff. Good stuff. It was, a, it was a good, good selection of tunes. Good night to shake it. Right, shake yeah. Shake it. Uh, but that's about it for me. Well, <gasps> time for this. Right, right, right. Come in, come in. Um, so, right now, I, our um, our monetization model is all out of whack. Well, people buy a toaster, they it's... receive the toaster. And that's it. And then, you know, because we made them so shortly, in a few years' time, they come and they buy another toaster. Indeed, but there's not much we can do beyond that, because, you know, you look at printers, they can sell the ink. Yeah, you, know, you yes, look at. Yes, yes. You and, look they, at... and they're designed to break 
Exactly. Say, but you know, testers, there's not really much we can do. It's just sort of a healing element. So I'm I'm here right. to to question sort of how we can get more money out of consumers because right. it's not fair that they buy the toaster and then never have to pay us anything again. Well, what if we make like a smart toaster? You know how people are like getting more connected in the house who's connected to the Wi-Fi. We'll have like firmware updates or something. Oh, lovely, lovely! And if you if you if you run out of the the latest firmware, your your toaster stops working entirely. Stops so you working need to... entirely, and we'll say you get a year a years of free updates for your toaster from the date of purchase, as long as you register, and we get to use a lot of your information. And obviously, we'll have uh, we'll be getting gathering information for the Wi-Fi, like how firmly do they push. Press the button down and uh, what settings they usually use. How about this? Depending, we we could charge them for different settings. Like it comes with with like nine for free. That's the hottest toaster setting, and that will completely toast it to an absolute crisp. But also, if you know, it works just fine because you just have to press uh, cancel, and then the toast will pop up. So it's not like the toast doesn't work at all. But if you want the feature of it automatically popping up at roughly a time that works for you, you know, slightly too, not too, too short, slightly too long. Oh no, you burned it because you put it down a second time. But if you want that setting, you've got to have to pay a premium. I mean, look, I, I think that's a wonderful idea, but I've been working on something that might be uh, a little, like. little risque. Whoa. What if? Yes. It is only a small fee, but we uh, charge, right. charge a fee. Yes. Per time they use the toaster. Oh, I like it. A a uh, a, a toaster retention fee, and it's only right, like right, it's, right, it's right. like a fraction of a penny or something. But oh, of course, it just sort of adds no up. No one a fraction of a penny. Exactly, but at the end of the year, you will get an invoice saying you cooked, uh, you know, ninety six pieces of toast. Uh, you owe us, uh, you know, uh, ninety six pence or something. It sort of all add up. And in what if in the firmware we did a whole thing where the uh the pushing down mechanism uh, got sort of uh, deliberately looser and looser and occasionally just turned itself on and therefore it was automatically causing the customer to have to pay more fees in, in toasting charges. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Sounds fantastic. You pay so much toast money. I'm just in it. I'm not here for crumbs. I'm here to make that bread. All that bread. <laughs> I'm here to make it darker and more expensive. Yes, yes, yes. Are you confused by all of these subscription boxes? Mm-hmm. Unsure what kind of a subscription box might be right for you? Uh-huh. Well, try subscription box box. Every period of your choice, we will send you a box from a list of subscription boxes that's a mystery. <sighs> you might get perfumes, wine, board game, metal posters depicting obscure Brazilian knockoff consoles, flavoured cushions, crochet your own life-size birds of the world, taxidermy vegetables that have grown in rude shapes and have googly eyes added, stem projects, flavours of the world candy boxes, discarded celebrity shoe of the month, retro mystery cable of the month, mystery Republican party body pillow of the month, just some ramen noodle cakes in a loose in a box of the week, agit prop bulk sticker box, Nicholas Cage cushion of the day, mystery lump in a jar, or fairy tale and ear of the hour variety box. You can get all this and more at subscription box box, where they'll just send you boxes. You're never gonna know what's in it. Try it today. Maybe. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know, not, not, not too bad, mate. You, you been up too much? Oh, I've been alright, been alright. Mm-hmm. Been, uh, been, uh, 
I've been mulling some stuff over, you know, oh, as you yeah. do, as you do. Yeah, uh, yeah. What's 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 uh, what's got in your brain, mate? Well, well. So I'm going to start with a thing that's not, I, I hopefully not a controversial thing to say, which is that right. uh, you know, uh, accessibility uh, accommodations for disabled people should not be means tested in terms of like, look, if you turn up somewhere and you need uh, you need support for something. You shouldn't have to prove the, prove your disability to be able yeah. to get the help you need. You shouldn't have to, you and that know. That includes universal credit. Exactly, exactly. You shouldn't have to, you know. You shouldn't have to be like, "Here's my documentation. Here's uh, let me show you my very personal medical information to get access to it." You know, it, it is important to make sure that people can just go, "I need this access need," and you know, no questions asked, provide it for them. Absolutely. And I think that's not controversial. I would hope not. But, but. Really? Something is controversial that's been going on recently, and it's been depressing how much it's been coming up, which is yeah, um, yeah. a lot of accessibility uh, support is uh, becoming harder to access for disabled people right now yeah. because a bunch of people who are not disabled, and I'm not, you know, I'm not being... This isn't me going, oh, I don't think they're disabled. No, people that we know full well are not disabled. Right. Sharing uh, life hacks. Oh, yeah. Is this like, you know, a few months ago, someone was talking about skipping lines at Disney or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, like, look, look, Disney, Disney is a good... Look, for all, all the problems with them, yeah, they yeah. are a good example of a, a uh, company that has a lot of good uh, accessibility stuff in place. Um, some of which is for things like, hey, do you struggle to stand in lines? Virtual queuing. You can go be somewhere that isn't in a line and come back when the line would have finished. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they they historically have never really sort of like demanded evidence for that. They're like, you yeah, know, yeah. if you've come to us saying you need access needs, we will provide them to you. But now there's a bunch of people going, oh, here's a Disney hack. Uh, pretend you, one of your people's got uh, autism so you can... Uh, not have to stand in the lines and, really? you know, things like this. But I, I, some of them are more, uh, I think, more insidious. Uh, airports. Have you been hearing about stuff going on at airports? No, no. Um, so a bunch of people have uh, uh, come up with a great life hack for airports, which right. is uh, pretend that you need a wheelchair and you need assistance to get uh, through security into the plane right. and you won't have to wait in the security line uh, or stand around and you'll get to be first to board the plane. Uh, which is leading to multiple people who need, uh, you know, uh, you know, wheelchair Wheel access yeah, yeah. and like support getting through security and need they don't priority have the, access. Uh, you know, the yeah, they're being told like, oh yeah, no, that we our our entire airport is out of wheelchairs. We cannot yeah. offer you a wheelchair to get you to your flight. Yeah, and, because, I, and I bet yeah, you know none of those people who are you know abusing that system for you know personal benefit there. Not having to deal with any of the, I was left on a plane for six hours, you know, because they couldn't find... In fact, maybe that is the reason so many stories of this, well, whole, like, well, yeah. I was left on a chair for uh, an empty plane for four hours because they couldn't get me off because some yeah, fucking yeah. influencer dickhead who's like, oh, I found a hack, he's, uh, you exactly. know, taking all the... Uh, um, uh, chairs that they have at the, the airport yeah. itself. And this is a particularly insidious one. It's the reason why I bring this example up particularly is because, yeah. like, you know, a lot of wheelchair users do not bring their own wheelchair to the airport if they can help it. If they're, say, an ambulatory uh, wheelchair user who just needs to use the wheelchair some of the time, but not 100% of the time. Yeah. Because airlines have such a high track record of damaging and destroying wheelchairs yeah, that it's like, look, yeah, yeah. it's not worth me bringing my own chair. I will walk as best I can and get into a, an airport chair yeah. the other end and get someone, you know, in the destination country who can help loan me a chair or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. 
not being able to get access to chairs because people who were like, well, I, I, I'll get sped through this way. Oh, look at that. Yeah. It's, it's annoying because yeah. we have been battling for so long to try and turn the tide to be like, hey, more and more places, please don't be like, I need to see your evidence before you'll give people access support. Yeah. And that has been like, really good progress has been made there. Yeah. And in like the space of maybe a year, we are seeing really sharp rollbacks of like places like Disney going suddenly, okay, we do need to ask for documentation of things, right. of yeah. airlines having to go, can you prove that you need a wheelchair? Things that should not need to be asked, but yeah, are unfortunately yeah. becoming necessities because of people going, accessibility tools, there's a life hack I can squander. And it's yeah, a yeah. really difficult uh, situation that, like, I don't know how we get around it because ideally the solution should be tell people who are not disabled to just fuck off with this and keep the system where people who are disabled do not have to prove their disability to access their needs. Yeah. But unfortunately, that system right now is not working, and we need to find a way to get back to that, because gr the progress that was happening there was wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's obviously a couple of things you can look at with that. regards to that, obviously you've got the uh, having so much in infrastructure that it isn't a problem overall. Well, that's part of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one is if uh, someone you know is, is trying to do this, you shame them. Exactly. Like, look, I... I think I think part of the answer is oh you see someone on social media bragging about how they're going to do this on their next trip despite not needing it maybe you know well, I'm not I'm not one to be a, I'm not one to be an arc but I might go hey airline you might want to pay attention to the fact that this yeah, person yeah. is uh, abusing that system that other people need you know it's yeah. like tell people that are like this that they're being a piece of shit shame them for yeah. doing it because fuck it. it it's using up resources that are very limited for people who need them who should not have to prove that they need them. Absolutely, absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. That's the Yeah. Ugh. Right, I think I'm going to put the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely, sounds lovely. No, no. So, Laura. Yeah. You do things, right? And those things like, people can enjoy yeah, and people yeah. can get them. Where, where, where do? Where, where do? Uh, you can find me based pretty much everywhere at Laura K. Buzz. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Blue Sky, Mastodon. Just Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Um... I have a lot going on behind the scenes at the moment, uh, but things that are publicly facing. Uh, new episodes of Access Ability every Friday. Um, this week's episode is about the Switch 2 maybe having magnetic Joy-Cons as discovered in a patent and some of the accessibility questions around that. Um, so, you know, check that out. Uh, also, October 19th, that's rapidly approaching, Stories of Autistic Joy. October, you say? Yeah. Not September. Not September, October 19th. The 19th of October is that date. <laughs> so um, what you tell all the bookshops. Look out for that in like a month. It's it's coming. It's definitely on its way. It's definitely on its way. And it's exciting. <laughs> 
Yeah. I've, I've got two copies because I wrote in it. So yeah, you do. They sent me all the copies. They sent me some copies and I gave you one and then they sent you copies. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot they were doing that. Yeah. Um, what about you? Where are you at on the internet? Where am I at on the internet? Well, uh, yeah, I, I have a link tree. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, you can find the music I make, the t-shirts I design. Uh, you can find my socials and so forth. Although I might need to update some of them because I'm probably just going to leave X entirely because fuck them. And who knows? And I think all the the nice people have largely left now anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish the rest of them would consolidate somewhere I could find them on Mastodon. <laughs> Right, because <laughs> as much as I love it, it's been been hard to track people down. But yeah, um, yeah, that that's basically all of my things. Laura, <gasps> uh, when you sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>